0: Before we
1: begin today's podcast, we would like to acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the traditional custodians of our officers' land. We recognise their continuing connection to the land and pay our respects to their cultures and elders, past and present. We stand in solidarity with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples in their continuing struggles for justice. This is Trial by Podcast, where today we're going to uncover the not so glamorous side of cosmetic procedures in Australia.
0: I'm Antonia, you just heard from Brut, and I'm also joined with Pranika. Hey! To shed light on the legal ramifications for those whose pursuit of perfect
2: turned into a legal battle. From botched Botox injections to lip fillers gone wrong, we'll look into the risks and realities of cosmetic procedures, those who conduct them, and the reasons why Australians travel abroad to undergo such surgeries. So there's some pretty crazy stats out there, the first being Australia has now overtaken the US as performing the most cosmetic procedures per capita, with more than 500,000 separate procedures performed just last year alone.
1: Australia has also become one of the largest consumers of cosmetic surgeries in the world, with the sector doubling in size over the past five years.
0: And Australians' annual spend on non-invasive cosmetic procedures has topped the $1 billion mark for the first time ever.
1: It's pretty clear from these statistics that cosmetic procedures are extremely popular in Australia. So to touch on some of the reasons why it has become so popular, we first need to address the influence of social media on this industry. It's no secret that social media drives an unattainable idea of perfection, and every single day we're exposed to filters, edited or airbrushed photos, and basically just a highlight of people's lives.
0: Yeah, and because we're all constantly surrounded by it, whether it be on TikTok or Instagram, Cosmetic procedures just seem like a normal part of growing up and fitting in. Influencers such as the Kardashians trivialise the real risks of cosmetic treatments, as we only really see the end product rather than the reality behind what is really involved. Influencers now speak much more widely about procedures that they've undergone, as there isn't the same shame or stigma surrounding cosmetic procedures as there was previously. There's so
1: much false information going around as well, and I think people just consult social media and think it's enough to make an informed decision about the surgeries they want to get. But let's backtrack for a minute and let's just first address what cosmetic surgery actually is.
2: So there's actually two terms, cosmetic surgery and plastic surgery. Do you guys actually know the difference? Honestly, no. Do you, Britt? Um, I assume they're just something to do with the, like, difference in qualifications. Well, I actually didn't know it till not that long ago either, but they're often used, like, interchangeably. A survey was conducted a few years ago, and 81% of respondents believe that when the title cosmetic surgeon is used, the person must be a registered specialist, which is actually not true. Cosmetic procedures refer to medical or surgical treatments that are aimed at enhancing a person's appearance, often for aesthetic purposes, as like what we may see on Instagram or TikTok. These procedures are usually elective, meaning they are not medically necessary. They're typically performed on healthy individuals who wish to improve their appearance and or address perceived imperfections. Some of the most
0: common examples of cosmetic surgery that we all probably are familiar with include facelifts, breast augmentations, liposuction, rhinoplasty, cheek and lip filler, wrinkle reductions, and even spa treatments. And these include things like laser skin treatments, chemical pures, and dermabrasion. Plastic surgery, on the flip side, is a specialised field of surgery that focuses on repairing, reconstructing or reshaping body structures, usually due to defects, trauma, disease or other medical conditions. So in
1: terms of being able to call yourself a cosmetic or plastic surgeon, what do you actually need to do?
2: So it is currently legal for any Australian doctor with a basic medical degree who has completed their intern training to perform cosmetic surgery. And this is set out in the Health Practitioner Regulation National Law of 2009. Some cosmetic surgeons who claim to be board certified have actually received their certificate from the Australasian College of Cosmetic Surgery. However, this is not a certificate recognised by the Medical Board of Australia. So does that mean that the GPs, dermatologists
1: and even nurses who perform cosmetic procedures don't actually have the appropriate training and qualifications?
2: Yes. So to become a plastic surgeon, you actually first need to do a minimum of 12 years additional surgical training in cosmetic and reconstructive plastic surgery procedures. And then after that, you need to be awarded with a fellowship by the Royal Australasian College of Surgeons in Plastic Surgery. And then thirdly, you need to be a member of the Australian Society of Plastic Surgeons.
0: This is problematic because quote unquote surgeons can then charge at a lesser rate because they don't have that extra training. And then because they're cheaper, it appeals to more customers. Like,
1: especially young
0: people. Yeah, and that's even worse because then lots of younger people are being exposed to risk. The growth of underqualified people operating in this industry has only increased the risk of medical negligence claims in this space. So what happens when something goes wrong? This is a very
1: real issue, and unfortunately for many, hopes and expectations of what could have been a life-changing enhancement are shattered due to poorly executed procedures.
2: Well, if you consider the amount people spend on this, it is quite sad. And again, from social media, like, I've seen how long people save for these procedures.
1: Mm.
2: Not only that, they're probably going to suffer infection, disfigurement, scarring
1: and potential blindness or even death. Thankfully, medical negligence claims are available under Australian laws. However, there isn't a lot of case law in this area because they often settle prior to having a hearing.
0: Under Australian law, then, what do you need to do to make a claim?
1: First, you need to demonstrate that the medical professional performing the procedure owed you a duty of care.
0: Then, you need to
1: establish that this duty of care was breached, either through negligent action or by a failure to meet the acceptable standard of practice within the Australian medical community. Lastly, you need to show that you suffered loss or injury as a direct result of this breach of duty.
0: It was mentioned earlier that those who hold themselves out to be cosmetic surgeons generally have a reduced level of education compared to that of plastic surgeons who have undergone extensive training. Does this mean that there is a reduced standard of care that is owed? No, so all medical
1: professionals owe their patients a duty not to cause physical injury that is reasonably foreseeable, and this is regardless of their level of qualification. So basically, the patient is still owed the same duty of care. Examples of breaches include failure to explain risks and obtain consent, and the use of improper surgical techniques. Where the procedure was performed can also lead to a breach of the duty of care. So, for example, cosmetic procedures that are conducted in settings that aren't hospitals, such as private clinics or beauty salons, may not meet the necessary regulatory standards.
0: So, if you're successful in a medical negligence claim, can you get compensation?
2: So the compensation awarded on a successful claim will probably vary depending on the severity of the injury sustained. So a patient may be entitled to loss of past and future earnings, past and future medical treatment and surgery expenses, travel costs to and from these appointments, cost of care, pain, suffering and loss of enjoyment of life. So these patients must bring a claim within the three years of the date of the procedure or within three years of realising that they suffered like an injury of such.
0: To highlight some real-life examples, some people don't even make it out of their procedures alive to make a claim. A woman died in 2017 when an underqualified practitioner performed a breast augmentation at a beauty clinic in Sydney. A class action was also recently brought against Australia's largest cosmetic surgery provider, the Cosmetic Institute, alleging negligence during breast augmentation procedures that left a group of women with life-threatening complications. But a positive that has come out of these horror stories
1: are some new laws that have been introduced under the Poisons and Therapeutic Goods Regulation. For example, there are new requirements relating to the administration, supply, and storage of medications used for the purposes of cosmetic procedures. There are also changes underway in relation to who is able to call themselves a surgeon in the cosmetic industry. From July this year, a new model of accrediting cosmetic surgery will impose new minimum standards for education, training, and qualification. Of Australian medical practitioners seeking to practice as cosmetic surgeons. This also requires them to provide evidence of their qualifications, which means the practitioners will need to be upfront about their training, expertise, and experience. So, what will
0: the consequences be for those that don't meet these requirements? If they don't comply, there's going to be fines and possible imprisonment. Have there been any developments with cosmetic surgeries conducted in places that are not hospitals, like beauty salons or clinic
2: situations? Yeah, so in 2020, the Australian Society of Plastic Surgeons called out for nationally consistent regulation of office-based cosmetic surgery and enforceable guidelines. There was also differences between states around the use of anaesthetic in these settings. So it was this regulation that was able to address that.
0: Also from 1st July of this year, procedures will only be allowed to be performed in licensed facilities with proper clinical governance, hygiene and infection control systems.
2: Yeah, and patients of cosmetic surgery will also be required to get a referral from a GP as well as be met with a longer mandated cooling period between the patient giving informed consent and the procedure.
1: Tougher advertising rules are also being imposed, requiring cosmetic surgeons to clean up their websites and social media posts, including to ensure that no testimonials are displayed and that non-clinical terms and discriminators are not used.
0: Before and after images that are uploaded must also meet certain guidelines, including that they must be used responsibly, be of actual patients who have had cosmetic surgery performed by the medical practitioner advertising and not present the after image as the most prominent image, as this may create unrealistic expectations.
2: ADS must also not use incentives or inducements that would encourage people to have cosmetic surgery, including discounts if a patient undergoes cosmetic surgery before a certain date, offering benefits such as discounted fares, accommodation, or spa treatment as part of a cosmetic surgery package, offering discounted, packaged, or bundling of multiple procedures, for example, if they were going to get a facelift and fillers at the same time, and offering a gift or prize for promoting a particular medical practitioner or practice.
1: Okay, let's talk about travelling overseas for cosmetic procedures. It's estimated that Australians spend $300 million a year on cosmetic surgery tourism, with an estimated 15,000 Australians heading overseas to have procedures done either due to the attraction of substantially lower prices or the unavailability of certain treatments here.
0: Yeah, money saving is a huge incentive. Rhinoplasty in Turkey and breast augmentations in Thailand cost less than half the amount charged in Australia.
1: Yeah, but even though it's cheaper, apparently there's been a 38% rise in the number of Australian patients requiring corrective treatment from these overseas surgeries. These complications would probably arise from there being less stringent laws and regulations in other countries, as well as higher risks of infections and poor sanitation standards.
2: And with breast augmentations in particular, implants overseas might not also have the same approval process as in Australia. And flying shortly before or after procedures can also increase someone's risk of developing dangerous medical issues. So I guess, what are your rights to bring an action against an overseas practitioner or service provider?
1: So as the procedure has been undertaken outside the Australian jurisdiction, Australian laws and protections simply don't apply. Therefore, if you don't have an insurance policy that includes such claims, recovering any loss or compensation from a surgeon or clinic overseas may be super unlikely, This means that you're liable for your own risks. It's all on you. So if you're brave enough to get a procedure done overseas, then it's on you to accept the legal and medical consequences.
0: Australia already does a good job of setting standards on the Smart Traveller website for those engaging in medical tourism and going overseas for procedures. It would be important to research the hospital and surgeon to see if they are qualified, experienced and accredited. Making sure that you have the appropriate vaccinations is also important to protect you
2: from risk of infection. So I don't think Australia is necessarily in the wrong here. They're doing everything they can to inform individuals without imposing on their freedoms and to engage in procedures for their body as per their choice.
1: Well, that wraps up today's episode. This is such a constantly growing and adapting area of the law and I think we can all agree that with the influence of social media, people's perspective of cosmetic surgery will constantly change and laws will need to keep up with this to ensure everyone's safety when electing cosmetic surgeries. Thanks for tuning
0: in. Thanks, guys.